We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, USU, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik, as we explore this crazy dateable world. Hello, friends. Welcome to Yes, You're in the Right Place, Brunch Talk (laughs) by the Dateable Podcast. We are here to answer and crowdsource your burning dating questions and get to the bottom of what is going on in modern dating. Yeah, we are. You know, I just had my hash browns just a little bit ago, (laughs) and it was quite scrumptious. Did you have hash browns at home? Do you make them from scratch? Yeah, my partner and I make... We, like... Not from scratch. Like, they're from, like, a box. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Although he has made hash browns from scratch before, and those are really good. Yum. But, you know, sometimes we'll go for brunch. I don't want to say never, but a lot of times we'll make, like, the full brunch at home. Today we had scrambled eggs and hash browns. It was quite yummy. So good. It's kind of so a Sunday good. ritual that will start that way. And, you know, I actually really liked doing this when I was single, too, that yeah. I had this, like, big window in my living room. I would always open open it, get like the breeze come through, make my eggs and hash browns and just take in the Sunday morning. It was very (sighs) relaxing, which is so funny because it was so different than my past life when I was going to Bottomless Mimosa Brunch. Very different brunch experience. Very different. And also waking up at 12 because you were heavily drinking the night before. Right. (laughs) Right. Well, that's the difference is you eat brunch at nine or Ted, when you're right. doing it at home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, how the tables have turned. I know, aging, aging. <laughs> I was actually at a concert at your alma mm-hmm. mater, UC oh, Berkeley, yeah. at the Greek, and it was Chainsmokers, and there were a <gasps> lot of college kids. And I was listening to some of their conversations. Oh my God, it's so surface level and basic, but that's what the capacity is back then. Yeah. You know, like talking about your friend getting too drunk at the party, getting kicked out of the bar. I heard a lot of those. 
You're it's like, funny. well, <laughs> I may be older, but things haven't changed much. <laughs> I was going to say I got wiser, but I love that your mind went to things are the exact same. Well, I mean, like the times have changed, generations change, but the shit that people do I see what stays you're saying. the same. I thought you were saying that we still talk about that. I'm like, no, no, no not you're anymore. Right. You're right. Some things haven't changed. The same combos. <laughs> I love doing things earlier now, just earlier dinners, earlier lunch, earlier brunch, (laughs) get up earlier. I love ending my day at nine. It's just wonderful. When you were in town a few weeks Mm -hmm. ago, when Louise, we met up with Louise and then our other friends and they were like, can we do this like meet up at four and get home by 10 more often? Like, this is great. It's so wonderful. There were a lot of people out then. So it wasn't just us. It's so wonderful. I still remember the days of saying, we're meeting up at 11. That's so oh, early. You know, like 11 my God, p.m. Yeah. <laughs> That's so early. This place is not going to get hop until midnight. Well, that was also New York. I feel like New York is definitely different for that. Well, booty SF. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're like, no, two years ago. <laughs> Rubber booty us up. Oh, my God. UA loved this place. And I remember so you were always, who wants to go to booty SF? Who wants to go to booty SF? And nobody. Sometimes Nobody. I would bite, but it was not as much as you wanted to go. The thing with this place <laughs> is that they're open till four, but they stop serving yeah. alcohol at like one forty-five. So you really have to get all your drinks in <laughs> before the one forty-five, and then you're just trashed for the next two hours. It is a fun place. It's, it's all fun. mashups, but yeah. it's definitely a very young crowd. Do you remember when we went there once and we got rushed? All these young 20-something dudes would rush us. So gross. Kind of just kind come up and start grinding. And it was very aggressive, I remember feeling. Oh, it was like very much non-consensual grinding. I'm not cool with that. Yeah. I'm, this yeah. is the last time. I think that's the last time I went to Booty's. <laughs> I went to bend over to drink water from the water fountain. <laughs> There's like a guy and in your face. this guy <laughs> mounted me. Well, for all the women out there that are like, I can't find any guys here <laughs> in the Bay Area. We're not, Don't go to Booty SF. <laughs> oh, my God. I was saying this to a friend the other day, like when we went to a friend's birthday party. I'm like, look, I will guarantee you quantity, not quality. Absolutely. <laughs> same. Yes, I would I would say the same thing. Just going to set the expectations correct. But yeah. speaking of setting <laughs> expectations. <laughs> speaking of quantity versus quality, this is all about quality. Here's the question. It's a Big question. Okay, so take a deep breath. When should you tell someone you love them? Okay, and for more context, I've been with my boyfriend for nine months, but we haven't said the L word yet. I've been waiting for him to initiate, but so far, nothing. Does it mean he doesn't love me since it's been so long? Should I just bite the bullet and say it first or keep holding out? Thank you. Love this podcast. Oh, okay. Nine months, two years, five days, it doesn't matter. There are no milestones for us to follow when it comes to saying I love you. People fall in love at different times. My first love in high school, we fell in love within a a month. We said (laughs) I love you within a month. And then my current relationship of four years, we said I love you after a year and a half of dating while we're on Molly. Okay, there is just like (laughs) no real timeline for us to follow. But what I've learned from the 
the times I have said I love you, which has only been three times in my lifetime, is you say it when you feel it. It's not waiting for the other person to give you that validation of saying it. We're so afraid of saying I love you. But then isn't that what we want is to express our love to someone? So think about saying I love you as more of that giving mindset, the generous side of you saying I love you. I have these feelings for you, these strong, loving feelings for you. And don't think about it as I don't want to be the first one to say I love you because what if I get rejected or what if I don't have Mm -hmm. the power in this relationship anymore? Because then you're in the wrong relationship if that's what you're thinking about. What I've learned along the way is that a lot of our relationships with the word I love you stems from our upbringing. Was this something Mm. that was said to us a lot? Culturally, I think there's different ways and times that this comes into play. So yes, it's always good to hear it, especially if you're the one that's like, I really want to hear it back. Mm -hmm. But that being said, I don't think you can say like they're not in love with you because they haven't said it. What I would say is, how can you get more curious? How can you dig a little deeper into what might be holding them back? Like, is it something from their upbringing, from their culture? Or is it that they don't feel like it's love for them? And, you know, that's one of those things that if this is really eating at your soul and like only you know how much this is driving you crazy, if it's not that much and you can keep going, then you don't necessarily need to be as action driven. Mm -hmm. But there's nothing wrong with having conversations. And, you know, I know we all fear that we're going to say it and then they're going to say something like, thanks, you know, yeah. <laughs> that inevitable word. Happened. But if that does happen, I don't think it's the end of the path for you two. It's an opportunity to say, okay, like not the reaction I was expecting. Can you tell me a little more? Mm-hmm. I remember one of my friends that we had on this podcast, she said, I love you first yeah. and her now husband. So they are married with children, happily married. It was not that he like didn't love her. It's just that he held those words very differently. So he felt like in the past too, he had said it and not meant it and did not want to do that again. So he wanted to be like, sure, he felt it. Where I think she like didn't have that barrier. She was a little more free with the words. Mm -hmm. So she did still see in his actions that he loved her. So I think it's so much of it is, you know, the whole picture, not just these three words. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up that example because everybody holds such different weight to the words that I would much rather someone not say it because they didn't feel it than say it and didn't mean it. That's very hurtful. And once you open up the conversation, think about it as not like declaring, but more of opening up the conversation. If you feel this love for this person, you feel like you're in love with them, you're basically telling them, I'm on a path of feeling more love for you. Where are you at, right? Yeah. Are we both on the same path? They may have less of that intense love. They may even have more of that intense love. No two people are ever going to be so aligned that they love each other equally or feel equally about each other. But are we on the same path to creating more love with each other? And that's it. It's a collaborative love. And it's not just like about you versus me. I really love how you put that of I'm feeling more on the path to love or I'm feeling more love enter my life with this instead of saying I love you because those words are just so weighted and there's a reaction that you're waiting for essentially right Mm -hmm. if you don't hear I love you too then you're going to be disappointed Mm -hmm. where I think the other conversation it opens it up more for a conversation it doesn't put someone necessarily on the spot but it also allows you to get to know them and what's holding them back a little yes absolutely can you 
recall how those three words went down for you in the past? Oh, absolutely. I remember it like Where it was were you? yesterday. What were you doing? <laughs> what were you wearing? What, what, like everything. What was happening? You know, I've only said it twice, like to a mm-hmm. partner, not to like love one's family, two times. And both times it was said, not like during sex or anything, but like in bed, we were mm. just like kind of laying around and it was not like we were doing anything crazy, but it was just, I'm like now trying to like remember the exact buildup. Like I think I did say something to my current partner. I didn't say it first, but I gave him permission to say it basically. Mm-hmm. Like I said something like, I like how loved I feel by you or something. Mm. And then he said it and he had been waiting to say it. So like, oh, yes. he wasn't sure like, should I say it? Should I not? And then that gave him the permission to say it. So yes, I think like sometimes people don't know and there's so much standard still that it's like supposed to be the guy that says it in a hetero Mm -hmm. relationship. And it is infuriating that we've come so far with asking people on dates, making the moves, but we're, I love you, marriage, all that. It's still not the norm for women to make that move. So we end up being in the waiting game for that. But I do remember him like saying it and him like, saying that he's been like talking to his therapist of when was the right time to say it. And, you know, I was like the same. And with my ex before him, I just remember him saying something like, you feel like home, like I love you. And like, you know, like both of them were like simple words, but both have stayed with me. And I think those three words can be really powerful. You know, luckily, like I wasn't in the situation with either of them that I felt like I definitely was thinking about it, but I wasn't like, when are they going to say it? I wasn't Mm -hmm. thinking that way. I want to get into it because I know like you had a longer one with your current partner. But before mm-hmm. we do that, let's hear a quick message from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to ViaHemp.com and use the code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's ViaHemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from ViaHemp. This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm 
often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style, spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast, Exit Interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. (laughs) Wait, what? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the wall. And feedback that will make you swoon. When she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? And maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so you said a year and a half for your current partner. Like, were Mm -hmm. you thinking about it before or was it kind of just not in your mindset? I definitely felt this overwhelming love for him and it was definitely building. I don't think I was wondering when we say it because the last time I said I love you had been nine years ago. So I Mm. didn't remember what was the norm and I didn't care, but I felt out of practice with saying it anyway. But I do remember that the day that we said it leading up to that, I just kept thinking, thinking this is pure bliss. This is this is before we got on the Molly too. Okay, so it wasn't just the Molly. But I was thinking this is like, this is euphoric being around this person. We're in the middle of the pandemic and there's nowhere else I'd rather be and nobody else I'd rather be with. So things were like definitely building up to that moment. But when we did say it, it was a really funny roundabout way because he said, isn't it funny that we haven't said the words I love you yet? <laughs> and I said, well, I do love you. And he's like, I love you too. Oh my God. That's so cute. (laughs) It was like we were 13 again. But your situation too is like you almost have to give each other the permission to open Mm -hmm. that door, to say it. And sometimes it doesn't have to be just coming out declaring your love. It's just like, I have this overwhelming feeling. I would just want to share it with you. And that's what makes those words so special. Like I know we could say it's just three words, but I do like even today, like love hearing my partner say those three words because it gives me this like warm and fuzzy feeling and feeling of belonging, like feeling that this person wants to be with me and, you know, I'm so essential in their life. So I think there are more than just those three words that it does. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you've been in relationships, like I've been in, there's one other relationship where I felt it and I didn't say it. Mm. And I think there was, it was just because of timing and not enough time had gone by and like, I knew 
his relationship with the words was like, like it was something he did not say in his family very often. Mm -hmm. So it just didn't feel right for me to say it. And I feel like if we had dated longer, it would have taken much longer for him to say it Mm. just because of his backstory. Have there been though, because you said that nine years ago is when you said it before current partner. Yes. But you had a partner for two years in the middle. Yeah. So did you two just never, you never said it? We never said it, Julie. I never felt compelled to say it. And it was so telling of our relationship. (laughs) I had love for him. I was just not in love with him. And I'm sure he felt similarly about me. But it wasn't until, I think I remember telling you this, when we went to couples therapy, group couples therapy, that I started to have feelings of love for him. Interesting. Yeah. And that was towards the end of our relationship because true intimacy was coming out. I finally got to see the different sides of him. But by then it had been too late in our relationship. It was like too much of nothing that had happened for two years. Yeah. That by the time I was starting to feel it, it was just not the right time. So again, the timing has nothing to do with it. Do you think it was just fundamentally the wrong person? Or do you think that it was like what you were saying, you didn't get that intimacy. So if you had worked on intimacy earlier, you might have said it. I think it was the intimacy and connection. Interesting. We never worked on our relationship for two years. It was just complacency. Like, oh, this works. We're with each other. We're not lonely. We have someone. But we never talked about deepening our connection, learning about each other, growing with each other. There were no moments in bed of just talking because he always watched TV in bed. We never had a moment of silence in bed. You know, it's baffling to me that there's so many relationships out there. Like we forget because we're not talking to a lot of the people that go through that. But the fact that like you felt that way, right? Like I think it's more common than you think. So I would say actually for this listener, maybe the first question is, have I built intimacy with my partner? Mm. If you're wondering why they haven't said it yet, or you haven't said it, maybe that's the first question is how do I build more intimacy? And looking back, because after that two-year relationship, I was thinking, I don't ever want to go through that again. It was the loneliest I've ever felt. And I was in a fucking relationship. Well, that's the worst. Yes. And I will never do that again. And looking back, I realized the intimacy that I felt now with my current partner and in previous relationships is you have to spend the time and create the space to talk about your relationship with your partner. When you start saying things like, I really enjoyed our Saturday because I really loved watching you learn something new, or I really enjoy that you love going to concerts and I get to witness you being in your passion. That two-year relationship, we never talked about us, each other, Mm. our relationship. All we were talking about were external things, our friends, what we ate, where we traveled to. Very surface level. Very surface level. And if you don't turn it inwards, you just don't get those warm and fuzzies because you're not talking about you. You're only talking about things that are happening to you. That is such a good point. And that, I think, is what distinguishes bad to okay to good relationships from great relationships. Yeah. You know, where someone's busting at the seams to say, I love you. So, yes. you know, we don't know your partner. We don't know your relationship. But I think it's a combination of looking at what someone's relationship is with the words and their mm-hmm. backstory, their history, whether that's other relationships, family history, culture, all that, understanding that. And I think that actually ties in with the intimacy 
intimacy because you're now going inward together. And how do you make your relationship deeper? How do you give that feeling of interconnectedness? And that results in love. And that's going to make someone feel that for you. And you have to listen to your gut. You really do. I think love comes from your gut, not from your heart. It comes from your gut. And this kind of love, it can't be forced. Mm -hmm. I remember the mini relationship I had even before the two-year one. We did the 36 questions to falling in love. Yeah. We were at a cabin out in the woods. It's just two of us. And we did the 36 questions. And at the end, I was like, I feel nothing. Yeah. (laughs) I don't feel anything for this person. And even though we try to create that intimacy, it can't be forced. And I knew deep down that this was not the right feeling I wanted to have in a relationship. So, I mean, I think with all this information, why I think I love you hold so much weight, it is a step, right? It's a stage Mm -hmm. just like moving in together, getting engaged. I think I love you is the step of this isn't just going to be the kind of surface level activity buddies type relationship, it's going to be something more. So this is a good point if you're at this crossroads of I want to say it, this person hasn't said it yet, or maybe I don't feel it, but I feel like it's time to say it, like what's going on? Instead of making a decision like we're over, we're not, like use this as the time to get curious of can you deepen this relationship? Mm-hmm. And that doesn't have to be a solo curiosity. You can talk to your partner about this. I know that's, you know, revolutionary to talk to your partner, but <laughs> wow, what a concept. <laughs> the ideal, right, is you two are in this together of like, I mean, you can even say like, hey, like, you know, I noticed we haven't said this. Like, I'm sure they're thinking about it too, right? And if they're mm-hmm. not, that's also a red flag that like this isn't even on their radar at all. Right. That's definitely a statement. So have that conversation not in a way like you need to say it to me now or this is over, but Mm -hmm. just an opportunity to get curious of why this hasn't been said yet and how do you deepen the connection? Love, love that. (laughs) love it (laughs) love it love it love that question love you all we do love you all for listening and supporting the show and giving us feedback so we also love it if you give us ratings and reviews (laughs) nobody's mentioned brunch talk in our ratings and reviews maybe it's time maybe you're gonna give us five stars because you like brunch talk brunch talk yes (laughs) if you need practice saying i love you that's the good way to say it I love brunch talk. Because we've been dying to tell you that we love you. So now we are giving you permission to tell us. There we go. There we go. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. Okay. And then other ways you can show us your love is by sending us your questions. You can email us hello at datablepodcast.com or DM us on social media at datablepodcast is the handle. Okay, well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Dateable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag stay dateable, and trust us, we look at all those posts. Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable.